Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. I'm going to read this prayer, if I may. Dear Heavenly Father, this call to become a father in your image is daunting. This call for me to love your sons and daughters with your love is fearsome. I only know that to do this, to call your children home to be with you, I must live home. This Father's Day, forgive my wanderings. Forgive my looking to so many temporary things to fill my hungry soul. Today, I return home to you myself. By the life of your son, Jesus Christ, make me a man of God who knows how to live home as a son. Extend my hands to others in blessing, always coming and calling others to join the party. May you take that blessing with you as you leave this place. And on the way out this morning, I'm going to be someplace right back there. And, uh, I'd like to give as many men as possible an embrace, a hug, a handshake, whatever, and just be part because you're loved physically by us in this church. And we want to express that to you today, too, how important you are to God in Jesus' name. But if you have a story and you would like to share, please don't hold back. Please don't be shy. You can see me after the meeting. You can send me a text. You can send something to Joanne. And here's what we are going to do moving forward. As I left church last Sunday, I was in the car with Megan and we were traveling somewhere. And I said to her, hon, you know what? We have to come up with a name for this because we want to make this. And, and the past senior pastors have, they, they've done this for years. It's not something new. It's not a novel idea that, you know, I had this epiphany. We've done this before, right? But what's different is we want to have a name for this. And when we have series like this, like when I do one in the fall on David, which I'm already started, my first sermon is basically almost done. I mean, the, the, the basic outline of it, I could preach it right now, but I'm on Jacob's life. So I'm going to have to hold off on that. And that's going to be crazy because I'm just feeling it, just studying his life. Anyway, back to Jacob. What was I saying? Oh, so the title of what we're going to use, and she came up with this. And I'm going, reflection points, like different things that are, you know, she's like, mirror moments. And I, I said it to the people I've shared it with right away. Pastor Linda was like, I love it. My brother, I love it. Pastor Joe, I love it. So that's what we're going to call it. We're going to call it. And last week, if you weren't here last week, and I, I guess part of it is how many of you use the mirror this week instead of the magnifying glass? I had a mirror and a magnifying glass. Hopefully you put the magnifying glass down, right? And you picked up the mirror and you were looking at your own life. So please come here next week. I may have something Pastor Linda wants me to share. The final piece in her mind, two preachers talking about Jacob, J Jacob's life. And she's like, you can't end when you're ending. You have to end at this point right here. This is where the end is. So I'm like, no, it's not. This is my series. I want it to end here. And she's like, no, you have to end here. So I'm going to listen to my, my elder. And she won. So, and there's something really cool in that too, that I studied that this week. So I'm excited about that. It won't be a long message because you wanna, we want to hear from the body. We believe as a church, we want to hear from the body. You've heard from me. Now it's going to be exciting to sit there and hear from you. All right. So again, I can't stress that enough. You have a, a testimony. You have something you want to share. Please let us know. 
Um, can I also say, as we come to a close of this, can I uh, be a little, right off the, the top, can I be a little open, honest, and transparent with you? Okay, thank you, Pastor Linda. Um, and here's what I would like to say. You know, it's really important for us. Now, this is hard for me to say. This is not easy for me to say, but I feel like it's imperative that I share it. It's really important that we realize there's a lot more to this Christian life. And we just say it in different ways, but there's a lot more to the Christian life than just coming in one day a week and, and listening to a message and saying, you know what? I'm satisfied. I had enough food. Do you eat one meal per week? Do you eat one day a week? Think about that. Do you go to a gym? How about this? This is better because this is my world, right? I'm thinking about it this morning when I'm at the gym. And imagine this is a piece of equipment. I don't go up to the piece of equipment and just kind of look at it and go, that's a really cool looking piece of equipment, man. Imagine what I could do if I started using that. You have to use the equipment that's actually there. And unfortunately, a lot of times what we do, even if you don't look at it and you actually use it, what happens is we use it once, right? I don't like the carpet when it does that. We, we use it once and then we get like a little sore and then like, I'm so sore. I want to stop. You know what I'm telling you? No, you're not getting it yet. Here's what I'm telling you. Here's what I want you to do as you leave here. It's not about you coming to church. It's more about you bringing church with you when you leave. It's more about you taking my sermon as a doggy bag and saying, I'm taking it with me into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We set the table for you here, but it's your job to take the doggy bag into your life and into your world. I'm preaching already. Come on. Don't miss it. You can shout, you can clap. I don't really care because that's the kind of mood I'm in. I have to kind of control myself today. I leaned over to Pastor Linda. I said, I am amped up today. When I woke up this morning, I said, Woo, God, you want to do something. God wants to do something here in the final part of the series. He wants to free people. Did you hear what I said? He wants to free people in this room. We're talking about identity. He wants to do something and show us who we really are. But may we be a people. And listen, you, how about the worship this morning? Did you hear the worship this morning? The great I am. We're singing that song. That, this place was lit. This place was on fire this morning. That doesn't happen every single week. Well, I'm asking you, you know what? Don't listen. It's, we don't just worship one day a week. Don't just wait for the worship team up here to start playing. You get in your car tomorrow and you start worshiping. You create an angel choir in your shower tomorrow and you start singing. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. I will rejoice. You can sing if you want. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. Oh, this is the day that... Listen, the enemy doesn't want you singing when you leave here. And listen, your voice may be so bad, it's just going to make him run quicker anyway. You sing in the shower. Right? Get in the car with my kid. Like, listen, James said all the time, Dad, we have to, he wants to listen to Shiny from Moana, that movie. Great movie, great song. But there are some times, man, Shiny doesn't do it for me. If I had a tough day, I need some real praise music. I need some real worship music. I got to get to the throne. I want to bombard it. And that kind of music's not going to get it done. Listening to WBLI or whatever the stations are, I don't even know what they are, but they're not going to help me in my time of need. Take it with us when we leave. That's what this is all about. That's our job. And listen, listen, can I, one more, can I just say one more thing about it? I promise this will be my last thing and I'll roll right into the sermon. But 
We think sometimes, right, it's just the pastor's job. You feed me, right? You feed me. I said one day a week. Listen, come on. I'm thinking about it with my three-year-old, right? And I, here comes the airplane, Noah. Here comes the airplane, Noah. Here it is. Oh, and he's left. Here comes the Bible verse. Here it comes. Here comes the Bible verse. I'm going to get all up in your grill today. I'm getting all up in your grill today. Come on, feed yourself. Some people leave church. You know what they say? You know what? I just wasn't getting fed there. The only problem I have with that is you better feed yourself. You have to feed yourself. We can feed you, but listen, you got to do more with it. And the problem is we're settling for salvation. We are settlers. I'll just settle for salvation. Got my card, baby. Right? I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. Really? Is that what this is all about? What about life here and now? When Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, he talked about a life that was here and available right now in our time of need. Not a life that begins one day, a life that begins now in this very moment. Woo! You can tell I'm excited. Some of you aren't as excited as I am, but that's all right. We're going to be, so if you have your phones, turn them on. Your Bible, you, you access the Bible on your phone. You may want to, we're going to be in Genesis 35. For the last part, really the last part, long sermon uh, of Jacob's life. He's kind of been a dysfunctional guide, right? Has he not? But listen, the reason why we chose Jacob is because if there is hope for Jacob, there is hope for us. That's why I relate to him. That's why I think so many of you have related to this character because he doesn't have it all figured out. It's messy spirituality. Everything's kind of messy and that's the way I like it. We want everything figured out. We want everything right to be put in the right place. We want everything to be clean. But I'm here to tell you this morning, sometimes spirituality, a lot of times spirituality can be really messy. And as Pastor Joe said in that picture of the prodigal son, right, you see the dirt. That There's a reason for that. We're supposed to get dirty in this Christian walk. The end of the day, right, who's the Navy SEAL? What is it, Adam Brown? The end of his life, right? The guy we love, my sister and I always talk about that guy. That the point of life, is you're to slide in, right? The home plate, getting all dirty, not to be clean. And so, here we are. I'm going to start at the top of the chapter, then I'm going to roll down. Give me some time to build my case for one of the, I think, the coolest parts of Jacob's life. Are you ready? Are your seatbelts fastened? You're ready. All right, right at the top. Here we go. In Genesis 35, verse 1, it says, Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there. What do we know about Bethel? Yeah, the teacher is quizzing you right away. I didn't even get through the first verse, and he's already quizzing me. What is this? House of God. Pastor Linda, right? She's right. Has to throw that in there, right? I know in Hebrew what it means. She wanted to tell us. Pastor Linda, right? Showed off her knowledge, right? House of God, yes. Do you remember we visited Bethel early in the series? Earlier in the series. We said we, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere, Jacob met God in a place and he renamed the place. What was the name? The name of the place was originally Luz. We called it Loserville, right? And he renamed the place Bethel. So we're going back, back to Bethel. Then God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar there to God 
who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. If you weren't here last week, what did we say last week? What was the story that we looked at? We said, come out of hiding. I wish there, some people said to me, I wish we had our hill houses after last week's message because it would have helped us to delve into what are the real issues that we have in our lives. And there was reconciliation, right? At the end of the story last week, two chapters prior, Pastor Linda, there's a story in in chapter 34 that I kind of just skipped over, the Dinah incident. She can teach on that. I'm not going to teach on that, okay? You can teach on that one day. And she's laughing. Some of you don't get that. You can read it during the week and then you'll go, ha ha, you'll chuckle because you'll get what I'm talking about. So here we are though, right? That's the first verse, right? Now I want you to drop down to verses six and seven. So Jacob came to Luz, we call it Luzerville, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And he built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, right? Because there's great Mexican food there, great burritos, fajitas, had to. And I read it, I was just like, right? I mean, that's what I saw. Uh, because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. And that's earlier, right? We said 21 years. This is a guy that's been on the run in the story. If you haven't been part of the series and he's been conniving, right? He's, he's the supplanter. He's been deceiving before his name has changed, right? Now from there, if we could go down to verse nine, so I'm walking you through, got to give you some of the context, some of the backdrop. We're going to really camp in on like five verses, but we're not there yet. Then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Paddan Aram and blessed him. And God said to him, your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. Also, God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you and kings shall come from your body. I mean, this has happened multiple times. God is, he's, he's telling him again and again, reassuring him. This is the promise. I am faithful. This is what's going to come to fruition. This is what's going to happen in your life. The land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, I give to you. And to your land, descendants after you, I give this land. Then God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. So Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering on it and he poured oil on it. Do you remember the first time he came to Bethel? He set up a pillar. He made a sacrifice there too. So this is round number two where he's done this. And I know some of you are like, I don't really care, man. Get to the good stuff. Got to lay the foundation first. We got to lay the groundwork. Now, finally, here is the passage. Now you get an understanding. God has appeared to him again. God is talking to him, right? This has happened multiple times now in this guy's life. And the character that least likely for these things to be seen, but it happens. And then you go down. Here it is. Here's the last part I want to look at. I just want to look at and camp here. And there's a lot here and there's a lot more that meets the eye, right? You've heard that phrase before. There's more than meets the eye. Well, there's more than meets the eye here. Then they journeyed from Bethel. And when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel labored in childbirth and she had hard labor. And all the women went, woof. Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, do not fear. You will have this son also. And so it was, as as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Ben-Oni. Ben-Oni. But his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar on her grave, which is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. Then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent beyond Tower of Eder. 
That is our passage for this morning that we're going to look at. All right. So it says there, here is Rachel, who, if you remember, as we looked at in, in this whole series, how many children does Rachel have at this point in the story? She has Uno. She has, and what is his name? Joseph. Now, obviously, Joseph is going to be a major character in the lives of the children of Israel moving forward. But here she is, only has one child. His sister has six. And remember, there's a contentious relationship between Leah, the one that was not very lovely. We had a whole message on that. She is the girl that nobody really loved. And then you have this one, Rachel, who said she is beautiful in form. She was beautiful. She is the apple of Jacob's eye. And there, Jacob and, and Rachel, remember, Rachel was beautiful on the outside, but she's barren on the inside. So she couldn't have kids, but she finally has a son, and his name is Joseph. While giving birth, I didn't say this in the series, but while giving birth to Joseph, she prays that she would have another son. Because again, she's looking at her sister. She's looking at her sister, I want to have more kids too. So this whole story takes place in the midst of that. Here is a woman that is looking for more. Here's a woman that is looking to have another child. And he, Jacob heads to Bethel and he makes this sacrifice, right? And here she is, though. She has great difficulty giving birth to this child. And how many of us know, can I just talk to us and keep it real here? How many of us know sometimes... We pray things sometimes and we ask for God to do things in our lives. But then sometimes God moves in ways and, and we don't understand the price that we're going to have to pay sometimes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You pray for something in your life and then something happens and you go, well, I got what I wanted, but I didn't really expect for this thing to happen in my life. God adds something, but you never know in the process of him adding something, what will happen. And you know what happens from my own experience? You ask to be used and I did, this is just my own life. I asked to be used. And then you find out you get poured out and broken in ways that you would never imagine. You get broken. God breaks us down sometimes because he has to rebuild us. He has to build us back up. He's the manufacturer. He knows exactly what we need. He is superintending everything in our life too. He knows. He sees every tear. He's looking at the good and the bad. He's looking at everything and he knows what we need and he knows when we need it. We don't want to hear that. And here is Jacob. What do you think Jacob was like at the beginning of this text? Jacob had his whole caravan of people. Right? All the midwives and all the kids. This is a time of excitement because the wife that he really loves is about to give birth to another child. And they're hoping, right? They couldn't tell from the sonogram, but they're hoping that it's another boy. Nobody expects this, right? Think about it. Everyone, everyone is in an excited mood. It's a celebratory mood. Yeah, Rachel's going to give birth. Imagine what that's like, too. There's no hospital, midwife. Really? Well, like, think about the location. Think about the middle of nowhere, right? This must have been pretty scary. I know you don't want to go there, right? But let me tell you something. I know on a personal level, I know, and I asked her if I could share this. I know from experience what it's like to sit in a hospital, to sit in a room and not know what was going to happen to you, to, to my wife. I didn't know. There came a point when nurses were kind of throwing me out of the room because my wife lost so much blood giving birth to Nolan. I didn't really know for the beginning of it. I'm going, all right, she has to go in for surgery. What do they have to do? They have to do this. Wait, how many more transfusions does my wife need? And then when they closed the curtains and they kind of pushed me out for the first time in my life, since we, even since we were married, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I sat there, is my wife going to make it? Can you 
imagine in the 21st century asking that question, is my wife going to make it? I understand this story better than most. Not the full implications, but I understand a piece of this story. And life doesn't work the way we expect it to sometimes. And here is Rachel. And what is the, t- oh, the text doesn't really tell us. I'm just using my imagination. If you're the preacher, you can use your own imagination. But here they are. At some point, she lost a lot of blood. She's losing all this blood. And then eventually she dies as the son is being born. And friends, can I say this too? Sometimes in our lives, listen to me. Sometimes in our lives, things are dying. And at the same time, things are dying. Things are coming alive. Do you hear what I said? At times... There are things that God is saying, you know what, we're done with this, and they die. But at the same exact time, there are things that are coming to life. And we don't want that. We want everything to just come to life. We want everything to really be easy. Nobody wants to deal with pain, and no one wants to deal with heartache. And you know what, though? We have like these little colloquialisms and these little pithy sayings, right? All these things. And we're, you know, we're like, oh, man, you know what? I just wrote that one. It's all good. Did you ever hear people say it's all good? I'm grading tests. I'm grading regents this past week. I'm in a room. and I'm, It's all good. I just kept, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I'm like, no, no, sometimes it's not all good. <laughs> it's not all good. That kid didn't do like, No, that's not all good. That essay's terrible. It's not all good, right? You failed the kid. No, I'm kidding. You, they didn't fail. But, but you know what I mean? And, and we say that all the time. Can I say to us this morning, sometimes things in life, it's not all good. We try to twist things. I'm not one of those preachers because I, I learned, I sat under the feet of a woman that understood things and she understood emotional, healthy spirituality and she understood real life. We can try to deny that there's real pain. We can deny that there are real issues, but there are real issues at play. Romans 8.28, I always tell you, I don't preach on it enough. You may go, this guy talks about Romans 8.28 in almost every sermon. Yeah, you know what I do. Some of you are like, I don't even know that you talk about it, man. <laughs> what is it? What does Romans 8.28 say? I say it a lot. Does anybody know what it says? All things work together for good, right? Those that love God and are called according to his purpose. When you take the context, the construction of that sentence, you know what that means? That there are some things, and I've never said this before on this part. Stay awake for this part. There are some things in life that are in fact not good until God gets his hands on it. There are some things, when somebody gets cancer, it is not good. When somebody loses a child, it is not good. When somebody loses their job, it is not good. But when God gets his hands on it in the totality of life, he says, no, no, no. It is all good, but it may not be all good right then. But it will be good one day. And it may not be next year. It may not be two years from now. But one day, it will be all good. Am I preaching yet? You know, and, and you have to accept that, right? Pastor Linda, when you're running a church, sometimes there are people that are coming and there are people that are going. God bless them both, right? People are coming. I, always, I thought of it this morning in the shower, right? As I was singing in the shower, I thought of it this morning too. I was laughing at myself because I went back in my head and my brother and I, this is like one of our favorite stories. You think of people over the years. And again, again, God bless people when they leave and people have good reasons. But I'll never forget the dude that, remember, well, you know where I'm going with this, right? We fixed the dude's roof on his house. We never, I don't know, I don't want to say his name because he still could live in the area. Dude left. 
Peace out. You fixed my roof. Thank you. I'm done. Guy never showed up again. Dude was gone. It's all good in this respect, right? It's all good in this respect in that, you know what? Yeah, people are coming. People are going. But God knows the ecosystem of the church. God knows the ecosystem of our hearts. And God knows exactly what we need. He's superintending things in our lives. If you came in here this morning, and I'm going to get to fathers in a little bit. If you're somebody that has a hole in your heart or you're feeling real sorrow or pain this morning, I would say to you, God looks at that and he knows the pain that you're going through. He is not turning a blind eye to it. He's not looking away. He knows when things are going to happen. He knows what's supposed to happen. You just have to trust. I know that's not easy. It's easier said than done. You're like, yeah, pastor, that's real easy to do. But God's measuring everything out. And here we go. We're getting, we're getting to the really good stuff. How many of you stay? Hit the person next to you. Make sure they're still awake. Hit them. All right. All right. Here we go. I'm not going to play around a little bit. As her son is crying for the first time, she sheds her final tear. Right. And in her, uh, as she's dying, she names the child. Right. I underline. Yeah, I did. I'm making sure I underline it. I'm losing it a little bit. Ben dash Oni. Ben dash Oni. That's what she names the child. Now you're sitting there going, what the heck does this, what, what, what does that mean? What does that name? Before I get there, before I get into the names, you've got to wait. You've got to wait. You have to be patient this morning. Like you're at a doctor's office and you wait for five hours to see the doctor. Does anybody get annoyed by that? I do. Does anybody else have like a name phobia? Anybody, you have a name phobia? What do I mean by that? Somebody's expecting, is anybody expecting a child? Yes, you are. Hi, Marissa. Okay. Now, one thing, Marissa, I will never do, I will never come up to you. I told you I'm going to get in your grill in the audience. Is that all right? So what I will never do, hey, Eric, how you doing? Um, I will never, ever ask somebody what they're going to name their child. I don't do it. You know why? Because I'm not a good liar, Gavin. I'm a bad liar. Because if somebody says a name, listen to me. If somebody tells me a name that's going to get the kid beat up, in middle school, I'm a teacher. We sat in the room too. I'm laughing. I'm like, thanks for all the sermon material today, guys. Everybody, I'm right. We're going over names. And then it got into this whole conversation. I can't share any of them. And I'm in church. But the all time names over the years that you're like, you want to go to parents and like slap them up beside the head and go, what were you thinking? Naming your kid this? Didn't you realize that at some point they were going to enter middle school where kids are cruel? How many teachers are there in the room? Do you know what I'm talking about? Teachers, are you with me? Right? You see names sometimes. And I'm like, really? Really? Like first day when I come back in September, I'm like, this kid, I'm like, this kid's a junior or a senior. They've been dealing with this name for a long time. Why did your parents do you dirty like that? Why did they, they shouldn't have done that to you. But we do it. How many of you are Simpson fans? This is, and this is my, my butt again, my butt. I'm not a Simpson fan. We're going to the names. And then my buddies next to me as we're grading. And he goes, Hey Jim, you remember the Simpsons episode? I'm like, dude, I don't know the Simpsons like you do. Okay. Just tell me what the episode's about. So I went home and I watched the episode. I'm like, I'm throwing this in my sermon because I thought it was really good. This is one of the earlier episodes. Martin, some, who is, how many Simpson fans are here? <laughs> Yeah, 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 five of you. Okay. So in an early episode, Marge is talking to Homer about what the name of the child should be. It's a soon-to-be-born child, right? And this is their dialogue. She goes, what about Louie? He goes, don't call him crazy Louie, a screwy Louie. She goes, what about Bob? He goes, slob, Luke, they'll call him puke. Marcus, mucus. She finally says, what about Bart? He says, let's see. Fart, cart, dart, 
yeah, I don't see any problem with it. And they go with it. It's a really cute scene. Did you know, by the way, in, in the, their book, Freakonomics, some of you probably heard the, the, the book before. Maybe you've read it. It was a New York Times bestseller. One of my favorite chapters, and I use this with my sociology kids. Chapter, it's called, What's in a Name? Did you know there are people that get paid money to be baby name experts? What? So what I want to know is, how does one become a baby name expert? Can I just one day say, yeah, I have a degree from here, Stony Brook here, I have a graduate degree here, whatever. I'm a baby name expert. I'm going to go online. You can go online and set up your own website. You can be a baby name expert. I believe in you. Somebody's in here going, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about that now. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. All right. So Rachel, with her last breath, she says, name him Ben Dash Oni. Are you finally ready to hear what his name means? You sure you're ready? Can you handle the truth this morning? I really hope you can. Well, Ben means son. Okay, we know Ben means son. Oni is a little more ambiguous. It's a little more complex because it really has two meanings. But given the contextual clues of this passage, we know what it really means. You want to hear now? You ready for this? It means son. Josh, this is all you, buddy. Stay with me. Son of my sorrow. Son of my sorrow. In her last words are to the midwife. Name him Ben Oni, son of my sorrow. You're laughing, but I'm being serious. Can you imagine the magnitude of a moment like this? This is the this is this is her final wish. And what does he do? Nah. I think I'm going to go with Benjamin. I kind of like that better. And then I'm thinking this morning in the gym, I'm going, what's the conversation in heaven like? Because they're going to see each other again. And what ha- where's Benoni? Where is he? Where are he at? Where's Benoni? Where's ben- Benoni? Um, uh, one of the midwives changed, changed his name to Benjamin. You're lying, Jacob. You changed his name. You're allowed to be creative when you read the Bible, okay? There was a conversation. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like this guy has lost his marbles. I haven't lost my marbles. I have in some ways, but I'm on it with this one. With this one, come on. There was probably really a conversation in heaven about this. So here is a mom. Why does she name him son of my sorrow? Mother's in here. Like, think about this. Can I, right? Come on, girl. Can I use you? Right? Think about it. No, no. I'm saying, listen, what would it, you're the best. I love you. Hey, you know what's crazy? First of all, what it's like for a preacher's wife to do what they do. You think it's so easy we get up. You know how much time goes in? Not like you need to know this, but a lot of time goes into sermons. And this woman has always got my back. You saw the, you saw the card? If you saw the Father's Day card I got? Crying last night. Just crying. My son's like, you don't cry, Dad. I'm like, come here. Jameson, come here. Look at me crying. You're not crying, Dad. He saw tears and said I wasn't crying. I'm saying that anyway, because imagine what it's like as a mom, because I gave you Megan's story, but imagine moms, I know it's Father's Day, but imagine that there's a child that's going to be born and you know you're not going to make it. And there's a child that you're never going to be able to soothe. You're never going to be able to hold. You're never going to be able to celebrate things with. You're never going to be able to put a band-aid on on a knee, a scraped knee. You're never going to get to do any of those things. And you know it. Some of my sorrow. But can I give you the other definition that it also means? You ready for this? Can you handle this? 
It also means son, Ben, son of my strength. Wait a second. The same word can mean both sorrow and strength. Aren't these words mutually exclusive? Aren't they diametrically opposed to each other? Aren't they? Are you with me? You look at two words and you go sorrow and then you look at strength. But I would say to us this morning, there is great... You don't like the sermon. That's okay. There is, there is great strength. Great strength. We're just having some fun today. Listen, I came and I knew it was gonna, I'm just going to be free today. There is great strength that you stay with me. Come back to me. Stop looking at her. There is great strength that comes out of sorrow. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Can I give you some examples as I wrote them down this morning as I love changing my sermon when I'm in the gym? I'm crying this morning. Some dudes look, I swear to you, I'm not making this up. Some dude's looking at me from like where Joanne is and I'm crying because I'm just in the zone. I'm listening to my music. I could play you the song right now, but you'd be like, what? That's what you were listening to when you were working out. It's a Christian song, but it's like, it had like the dance, dance, like party, like music, you know, wait, wait, you got to hear it. Can you, can I, it's Father's Day. Am I, it's Father's Day. Am I allowed to play it? It's my, yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. You ready? I've never done this before. I'm going to, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this somehow. I don't know, but I have to play this and I just happen to have this. Ready? 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 Let's see if we can get it. Can you hear it? Like, come on. Wait, wait, you gotta hear the words though. Where are the words? I ruined it. No, I'm not done yet, because I ruined it. Wait, 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 I'm not done. Break every chain. You know the song we sing in church sometimes? This is the dance party version, and I'm blasting that, and I'm crying, and there's some dude over there, and he's looking at, no joke, he's looking at me like, is that guy all right over there? Because I, 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 I cry all the time, right? So I'm writing stuff down, and I'm thinking about it, though. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm like, you know what? Since I'm a history teacher, and you know, I, I love Christian history, but I, you know, I love American history as well. Not, the world history is cool, man. Not to like, Danny, sorry, you know, it's all good, but I love to teach American. And I'm thinking about like a Dr. Martin Luther King. Now you think about August 28th, 1963, all right? And his famous, I have a dream speech in Washington, right? How many, some of you saw it on TV. And I'm thinking about that though. I'm thinking about the end of that man's life. Did you know when they did an autopsy on his body, he died at 39 years old? Did you know when they did an autopsy on his body, he had the heart of a 65-year-old man, of the sorrow and the pain that he went through? But we think about when you see somebody on a stage and you see that person talking, anybody that has great strength in this world, anybody you know that is strong, I will tell you, they went through some heavy-duty sorrow in their lives. Anybody you know that's strong. Issues that we go through as a family on a personal level, I know those are making me stronger. I have a choice to make. When things come in my life, I have a choice to make. Am I going to man up? How am I going to treat this situation? Am I going to treat it as an obstacle, just another hurdle? Or am I going to capitulate and go hide in a corner? Fathers, step up to the plate. You're busy. You're tired. You are the man of your house. You raise up your children? Are you praying with your children? Maybe even reading the Bible with them once in a while? Come on, fathers. Let's take our stand. Come on, fathers. There's a prayer meeting. Come on, fathers. There's a hill house. Come on, fathers. Jack has a Bible study. Come on, fathers. Bob has another Bible study. Come on, fathers. Now, I don't want to connect. 
I don't want to connect with anybody. No, it's not for me. There's more. Think about anybody. I mean, Gandhi. Think about Mother Teresa. Think about the sorrow they went through and how that made them strong. You know what A.W. Tozer said? Look at this. Tozer said, It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Ooh. Is it Jacob? This is Jacob. How could I not put this in? This is Jacob's life. He couldn't use him greatly until he said, you know what? There are some things that have to happen in your life. Your sorrow today can become your strength for tomorrow. The sorrow and pain that you're going through right now. And listen, the tears, you may be crying tears, but the tears that you're crying today will water the seed for what God wants to do tomorrow in your life. Those, that pain, those tears are going to water your destiny. What God says, I want to do down the road. God says, I'm going to take that. He sees every tear. He catches every tear. He knows what to do with it. I'm creating something that's absolutely beautiful, but it may not look that way all the time. And I'm just going off. I'm just going to, I'm just keep going off my notes. And I don't know what time is it. I got to, all right, it's 1115. I got time, but because I didn't get to the best stuff yet. But imagine this. How about this? I was thinking about it. I was cooking this week. How many of you like to cook? I like to cook. I'm a good Italian boy. How was my dinner last night, baby? Man, it was good. She goes, this is like a restaurant. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bad. But you know when the kitchen's like a mess, right? The kitchen's a mess, right? And you make a big mess and there are pots and there are pans everywhere. But that when you, when you take your fork and you dip it into my, what did I make? Zuc- marinara, zucchini, spiral zucchini. And it was like, it was the real deal. And I know some of you want some and there's a little bit left, but no one's going to eat it. So you can't have it. But think about it. You see a kitchen that is a mess, right? You know what I'm talking about? But then when you see the end product, you see how good it looks and how good it tastes. But there is all the work that went into it. And that's our lives. This is the story of Jacob. It's messy. But in the end, you look at it and go, what a masterpiece, God. You knew exactly what you were doing the whole time. So she calls him Benoni. Get to the point, James. She calls him Benoni. But Jacob says, call him Benjamin. Isn't that rude, really, too? Isn't that rude? Really, it's rude. You're a husband and you're going to change. This is your wife's last dying wish. You are going to change the child's name. And you know what I thought was wild, too? One commentator noted this. I didn't even really see this. She, not she, he, Jacob, has only, the only thing he's ever said he loved in the whole, you go look at all Genesis, you know the only thing he's ever said he's loved? Rachel. He has never once, go back, he never once says he even loves God. But here he is, and he loves this woman, Rachel. He has always loved her. Remember, seven years, and he gets Leah, and he's got to work another seven years, he works 14 years for her. Well, this is the woman that he loves. This is the only thing, probably, that he's ever loved. But you have to see this. Here it is at the end of his life. And this is something I could have put another you know, part to this series. And you look at Genesis 49, you look at the end of his life. But we know he's sorrowful because he says it in Genesis 49. I didn't put the passage up there, but trust me, it's in there. All right. He refused to name his child's destiny according to a moment in his history. Did you hear what I just said? No, a lot of you missed it. He refused to name his child's destiny according to one moment in the child's history. He says, I will not name that child Benoni. Call him Benjamin. Take out the dash. Call him Benjamin. You want to know what Benjamin means? 
You're not ready yet. <laughs> and there it is. Here's the midwife. I'm thinking about it when I look at the text. And here's the midwife. And she comes in. Mr. Jacob. Mr. Jacob. We got some bad news. She lost too much blood. She's not going to make it. But her last dying wish was that you would call the child Benoni. We don't know how much time elapsed. Think about it. We, we have no idea. When you look at the text, when you look at this text, we have no... Did, did he rename the child right then? Did he do it like two days later? Did he do it a week later? We have no idea how long after he renames the child, but he renames the child anyway. And did you know in antiquity, this is, uh, now we're getting to the good stuff now. Stay with me. Now we're getting to the good stuff. In antiquity, did you know fathers always had naming rights? Fathers, Father's Day. I told you the message. I said it last week. It's going to be applicable for fathers on Father's Day. Did you know that only fathers had the right to name children? Yes. The mom would come with the name. I know it's crazy. The woman does all the work. My wife shakes. She's going, not today. Look at Arnie. I think about, I thought about us too, right? I'm the Italian one. Our kids are half Irish, half Italian, right? You could talk about your own story. I got two kids. One kid, as you know, Jameson, right? Every time it's, it means son of James, but you know what people say, right? They think of like the Irish whiskey or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, the Irish whiskey, right? You could tell I didn't, that bad, right? I didn't, it wasn't, whatever. His Jameson. And then Nolan, her maiden name. Two Irish names. So you can see who won the battle in my family, in my marriage. I don't know about you. I love my name. I'm kidding. I love the names, but you know what I mean. So here, a a a father would ultimately have to sign off on a name. She could recommend it, but he would have to sign off on it. You know what? People may recommend a name for you, but only your heavenly father can sign off on it. People can recommend a name for you. And here's where I'm going to get you now. Ready? Because there are people in this room that have been given labels. And there have been labels that have been put on you from the time that you were young. You are worthless. Maybe they didn't say it that way, but I know a lot of you. And some of you fathers in here, people have told you, you will never amount to anything. You're useless. You're worthless. You're stupid. You're never going to be a good dad. You're never going to be a good husband. And we hear that all the time. Labels, labels, labels. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if your heavenly father did not give you a label like that, then you take that label and you tear it off because he has a new label for you. Are you ready? Can I show you what your new name is? Who wants to wear this? Who is brave and is going to wear this today? Who in the audience is brave enough to take what I have in my hands? Who wants it? Come on. Who wants it? Dave, first hand up, brother. Here you go. Let me get my clicker, too. Wait, let me get my clicker. Here you go. Brother, you wear this with pride. Okay, let me put... There, whoa. Here we go. There you go, brother. My new name is Royal Priest. My new name is Wonderfully Made. My new name is New Creation. My new name is Forever Free. My new name is Child of God. That's my new name. Stop telling me. Don't stop calling me all these other names. That's not who God created me to be. So I'm telling you this morning, if somebody put a label on you, you rip that label off because that's not how your heavenly father sees you. You are a new creation. You are the head and not the tail. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
and he's up to something in your life. You may not know it. You may not feel it, but he's up to something in your life. And there is an enemy that wants to hide your true identity. He wants to run out of this building right now because I've just exposed his plan. I've exposed his lie of who you really are, not who the world has told you, not who your seventh grade teacher told you, not who your friend told you. I'm telling you what God says you are. And, and think about it, too. Think about his life. Let's go back, right? You look at Jacob. Let me go back a couple of slides. You look at Jacob. He's, he's had a lot of experience renaming things, hasn't he? In this series, hasn't he had a lot of experience? We went to, right, Luz, Loserville. He renamed it Bethel. I said to you earlier, what does that mean? It means house of God, right? He, he wrestles with God. He thinks it's a man. He thought it was Esau. Remember I taught you that two weeks ago. He thinks it's a guy. He thinks it's Esau. It was actually God. He renames the place Peniel. Peniel means face of God. He saw the face of God and he didn't die. In the wrestling match at Peniel, what becomes Peniel, God gives him a new name. Your name is no longer Jacob. Your new name is Israel, boy. I don't care if you're 97 years old. I'm calling you boy. You have a new name. You are not the usurper. You are not the deceiver. You are not the liar. This is who I say you are. And you are victorious. And you will be triumphant because of what I'm going to do in your life. You tried to do it on your own, Jacob. New day. I'm going to do something new in your life. So he's had, he's had all this experience doing this. And he has an epiphany. Ready? Ready? I'm, I'm going to build. I'm building it up. I'm almost done. He has an epiphany because at the most sorrowful moment of his life, he thinks to himself, now I'm reading into the story. If I can rename places and God can rename me, maybe I can rename this situation too. Can I get an amen from somebody? If I can rename places, if God can rename me, why can't I rename this child? Woo! I told you I'm excited today. So now you want to know what the name means? Now are you ready to know what Benjamin means? You can handle it now, giving you enough background? Okay, okay. Ben, no, 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 wait, I can't tell you yet. You have to understand, can I tell you this first? I promise, last thing I'll tell you. You remember earlier in the story, Jacob has right, he's been lying and deceiving. Do you remember what he did at the beginning of the series? He stole the blessing. Remember he stole the blessing, right, from his brother Esau? What did he do? He dressed up like Esau. His father's old, right? He's an old man. He can't even see. He's blind. What hand does the father use in blessing in the ancient world? It is the right hand. The right hand always represents power, authority, and blessing. For Jacob's entire life, he's been trying to get the right hand of blessing. You with me? You have to stay with me, otherwise you're not going to get this. He's been trying. He's been maneuvering. He's been manipulating his entire life so that he would get the right hand of blessing from his father everywhere he goes. Now you're ready to understand the name. Ben means son. Jamin means son of my right hand. Are you kidding me? Do you see why I had to make this a sermon? Can you see why this has to be a sermon in the series? Here is Jacob 
and he looks at his entire life trying to get the right hand of blessing. And in a situation that other people would have called a curse, he says, hold on a second, I have a right hand too. And I'm saying that because there are people in this room this morning, you're waiting for your circumstances to change. And I'm here to end the series by telling you, God is waiting for you to pronounce a blessing over your circumstances. Call it what you want. Call it what you want. Where does he, where did he even get this? Where does he get the idea to even do this? You want a little bit more? You want a little more? This is like the deleted scenes, right? You don't get that, but I'm going to give it to you. Do you know where he got this from? He got this from Adam. Okay. Do you remember in the garden? God brought over, brings in all the animals in front of Adam. What did Adam have to do? He had to name them. Okay. He had to name all those animals. Did he make all those animals? He didn't make all those animals. The maker has the right to name something. So here was Adam and he's calling all these, that's this, that's this, that's this, right? When you are the maker, you get naming rights. Jacob understood that. This is my boy. I'm not calling him Ben Dashoni. I'm calling him Benjamin because I'm going to name him what I want. And he always, boy, you're always going to be son of my right hand. I got my boy Joseph. And listen, his family is still dysfunctional after this. I have to say that and interject that into the story. But you look at him and he says, this is my boy, son of my right hand. You know, can I dumb it down? Like, just bring it down to us real people, right? I was thinking about my oldest is over there. The dude, right? Calling him, dude, this kid. How many pets do we have in the house? I don't know. This morning before we're going to church, you know what he's doing? He's got a crayfish. Thank you, Aunt E, right? His teacher, right? They give crayfish away. He loves, right? right? Kid loves animals. Second grade teacher we saw the other day. This, no joke. Hey, he's got a tree frog now. Jake, Jacob, right? I call him Jacob. No, his name's Jake. I'm like, Jacob. Call him Jacob, right? I'm going to start calling him Israel now. So... He's got Jacob and he's got a guy, Sticky and Sticky, man. I told you the story about the first Sticky. This Sticky, he's got, he's, I don't know. He's what? What's the, he's crazy. He's crazy. Right. And then we got a guy that bit him recently. His bearded dragon, Charlie. We tried to give Charlie a walk and Charlie wanted to bite him because he didn't want to go for a walk. This is nice, right? This is my life now. Right. And then I go, I see the second grade teacher the day and he, she's great. She, I love her. But hey, Mrs. Um, the pets, how are the pets going? Yeah, they're great. He has tons of them now. It's like a jungle. It's like a zoo in my house. All I do is clean out poop and whatever, excrement all the time. Yeah, you're in church, whatever, you can handle it, right? So that's all I do, right? What was the point of that? Wait, what was the point of that? Oh, and then he's got a new one, Chillax. He's got another one, the crayfish. He's playing with his crayfish today, Chillax. Oh, but the teacher said, you need to get another red-eyed tree frog because they work better like the, 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 the colonies. They, they like it more. So I said, oh, okay, that's cool. She goes, yeah, but the only thing you have to worry about, they're very loud. When they're with another, wait, wait, they're loud? So I want to hear tree frogs in the middle of the night in January? I don't mind in the summer. I don't want no tree frog in my house. Making noises in the middle of the night. But listen to me. He's, he's, right? Think about it. When you with your animals and you name them. You, we can't choose everything that comes into our life, but as children of God, we can choose whatever we want to call it. Do you hear what I said? You can't choose what comes into your life, but the, you can, you, you can, you can understand and say, I'm going to treat it this way. Can I show you the last piece? I promise. I promise. I promise. 
No, no, no. I'm almost there. Look what it says at the end of the story. And this is so easy to miss. Look at this. And Jacob set a pillar on her grave, which is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. Ready? Then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent beyond the tower of Eder. Wait a second. This is the guy that had the name change? Jacob was who he was. And God says, there was Israel, and Israel journeyed on. Israel kept moving. You know why? Because Israel is the one that the devil was trying to destroy. And there are people in here that the devil has tried to destroy, and he's tried to take you out. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you have a new name. Call it what you want. And whatever circumstance, whatever circumstance you have this week, can I give you homework? Here is your homework as we end this series. Your homework as we end this series is, can you pick a situation in your life that you want to rename? Think about a situation in your life that you want to rename. And I'm going to give you mine. This is how I'm closing it out, baby. This is how I'm closing it out. This is what I told you. I'm going for it. I know some of you don't want to hear this, but you're going to hear it. This is how I'm closing it out. You're going to pick an area, and I'm going to be transparent and give you mine. Last night, as I'm sitting with my wife, and I was telling her a little bit about this, how I was going to close the series. She just on the table. She happens to have a copy. You wanted to, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm always transparent. I always want to give you examples. If I'm challenging you, I'm challenging myself. So there is my three-year-old, and a lot of you know our story, okay? But my son's three-year-old's IEP from six months ago, which she's like, I can't even read it. And I sat there last night, and I read his IEP. I read what they said about my son. Lauren, you know I read what they said about him. I read what they said about him. I read about how delayed they said he was. He's never going to do this. He can't do this. Some people tell us he's not going to walk, not going to talk, this, that. I've been in meetings. My wife's been in more meetings than I have. And I read this whole thing. You know what I said? This was six months ago. Friends, I'm here to tell you this morning. We started taking the table. We started praying together as a couple. And I'll tell you what. We renamed that situation in our life. We renamed it. Oh, I'm not done. Wait, I'm not done. Here's the best part. Here's the kicker. You know what, therapist? You can take this and you can throw it in the garbage because everything that you said and every label that you tried to put on my boy, it's not true. I, we had a therapist recently. You know what the therapist said? You can play. The therapist said, you know what? I think he's actually brilliant. How come six months ago they didn't know that he knows his entire alphabet? Nolan, where's L? Where's W? Where's C? Where's this? He knows every single shape. Yeah, he obsesses over some of it. Kid knows every single shape. He knows every single color. He knows all of his numbers. But I thought this is a kid on the IEP that says he doesn't know any of this. And he's so far below cognitively in every single area. You know what? I didn't stand. We didn't stand for what we saw and what we read. Call it like it is. I'm a father and I have naming rights. I have naming rights. Some of you still aren't getting it. You have naming rights. Call it what it is. You know, when people say that, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. There's no faith in that. There's no faith in that. Don't call it like it is. Don't call it like it is. Call it what it should be and what it will be. You can see, I'm amped. You can see why this series, the pain and suffering that we have went through, it transforms you. We have an option. Do you want it to transform you? I'm just trying. I'm going for it in my own life. How about you? You have naming rights over every situation, over your marriage. 
You have naming rights over where your kids are at right now. You have prodigal children like Pastor Joe talks about the, the prodigal son. You have naming rights over them. The problem is we don't speak. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And then we end with this. Jesus Christ, who sits at the right hand of the Father. You get that? No offense to you lefties. I'm lefty. I write lefty, man. I shoot basketball lefty, right? Whatever. No offense to you. But there's something about the right hand. And as we end this series, I would ask you that you would be like Jacob. And you would look at situations in your life. And you would not accept what they currently look like. You would not accept what they are. But you would rename them like he did. And that you would move on as Israel. Because you have a new name. Lord. Lord, I thank you for Jacob's life. Lord, I thank you for the, the wonderful journey that we've had with him. Lord, I'm sorry to see him go. Lord, I can relate to him in a, a million different ways. And I'm sure so many people in here, they can as well. Father, I thank you how patient you are. I thank you for your grace and mercy. Oh, it's overflowing from the throne. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to wear the labels that the world tells us to wear. I thank you that we don't have to uh, act defeated, that we are more than conquerors, that we are victorious. Lord, we come against the enemy and all of his lies, how he's tried to steal, kill, and destroy destinies in this place, purposes in this place. Father, speak into our hearts and show us what our new name is. Help us to believe. And Lord, I want miracles. Oh, I want miracles in your house, Lord. Wait, you know what? Keith, get up here. As we Come here. Come here. If you're religious, this is not the church for you. Brother, tell him, tell him what you told me as I sat here on the front row. First thing I heard so when I walked in. Yesterday. I want to burn this, by the way. For months, they're praying for this kid. There was another family, I believe. Right, Jared, that the child was born uh, premature. How long ago? Two years ago. All kinds of complications, right? All kinds of complications. They're gone. They've been praying with him for years. Jack's been out there. You know, this is the feeding. This is what's going on. It's not about the food. He's still in the business of making miracles. Amen. You know, this is one we... Joanne, you said it yesterday. It's a small crew. We had a small crew yesterday. Yes, it beats us up inside. But that crew, we had 12 disciples go out through the whole world. Yeah. We're doing that with the feeding every day. So he's in the business for miracles. And they're happening right here. Sitting on a hill. Call it what you want. You better start renaming situations in your life. Everything is not good, but we have the power to rename it. We're going to get to heaven one day, and I wonder how many situations. Man, if you only opened your mouth. If you only took me at my word. I challenge you this morning. Big challenge coming from the pulpit this morning in this series. All right, big challenge. Because I want more for myself, and I want more for you. I'm challenging more and more, and guess what? It's just going to keep rolling, baby. It's going to keep rolling. I'm not going to stop. Maybe it may, I don't know, maybe this isn't the place for you, but I just, we want to be real here. 
and we really care about transformation. I'm not just here to give you good messages. I'm not just here to entertain you. I'm here to really help and, and, and in some way and help bring about change in your life through the power of God. Not anything I can do, just through His power and His Spirit. So ushers, on this Father's Day, I know everyone, you have places to go, people to see, fathers to honor, but if you're a father and you have a wound, right, you can rename that situation in your life what you were fatherless. There is a father, Pastor Joe said it this morning, your heavenly father wants to rename situations in your life. Whatever the name tag that you've been wearing, maybe your father left a a, a huge wound and and you're estranged from them. Your heavenly father wants you to know how much you're loved and appreciated. Ushers, please come forward. Stop me. You come up to this table though, listen to me, you come up to the table, rename a situation in your life or talk about it with your spouse, talk about it with whomever. Rename situations in your life. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.